Welcome to the Disney Points Podcast, where our goal is to help you take that dream Disney vacation without blowing through your savings. With ticket costs and hotel prices constantly on the rise, we want to show you what's possible when you introduce credit card points and miles to the Disney equation. I'm Kim Shearer, and you can find me on my blog, vacationpointers.com, or at my Instagram account, at vacation underscore pointers. And I'm Sam Holland, and you can find me on the web at almostfreetraveling.com, or on Instagram at Almost Free Traveling. And now, this is the Disney Points Podcast. Um, yeah, I thought I would just start out by sharing the most common question I get about Disneyland Paris. Still, I mean, before I went, um, while I was there, and now even afterwards. And that is, how many days is enough for a visit mm-hmm. to Disneyland Paris. And I think the answer is it depends, but I think that's the answer at all the parks. It's, yeah, you know, if you only have a day to give to Disney, then that's what you should do. And you should probably buy Premier Pass, which is what they call the um, Genie Plus at Disneyland Paris, so that you can ride a lot of the ride and make a plan what are the things that you just know you have to see and make sure you get to those attractions um, and then go for it. If you, you're going to want a little more time in the parks, then you should plan a multi-day trip and you should spend the night. And I think so, either way there. Yeah, go ahead. I was just say, how many days were you there? Well, we were there for two days and okay. we got park hoppers. And Were you there? Did you get there late one night, like the night before? Did I see that? We no? got there. We arrived the morning of our first park day. So basically, okay. we were at the London Marathon over the week, the first weekend in October. And then we arrived in Paris on a Monday night. We took the Eurostar. And we knew that we wanted two full days to see sites in the city of Paris. So it was my husband and I and our 14-year-old daughter. This was her, um, it was actually a makeup trip. We do a trip with each of our kids when they're a middle schooler. And because of COVID, hers just kept getting delayed. So anyway, we knew we wanted two days. And so we left for Disney the morning of our first park day. We left the Hyatt Paris Etoile. I don't know if that's how you even say it, Regency. Mm And so, can you tell us really quick how many points was it for the Harris, the, the Hyatt Regency? Yes, that's a great question. Um, so we paid twenty four thousand points a night for okay. connect connecting rooms. The the oh, family okay. room, I think it's called. Are you familiar with that room? You know more about Hyatt than I do. Well, I know that in Europe, it seems like rooms typically maybe sleep three, four is generous. Yeah, so these were connecting rooms that each slept two. Okay. So there were three of us. My daughter had her own room. We could have had a fourth person in there, but I didn't see anywhere where it said there's any kind of rollaway bed available that I could see. So I don't think you could have slept a family of more than four for 24,000 Hyatt points a night. Okay. and then how long did it take you to get to the parks from there? So okay. two and a half hours. And basically we got on the Metro. It took about an hour to get 
to Disneyland Paris. Once we got off the metro, we walked over to a bus terminal, sort of like a Disney World style terminal where a bus comes from each of the resorts. Okay. A shuttle bus. And we pretty quickly got on the Santa Fe bus. It took a few minutes to take us over to the Santa Fe. And the Santa Fe is the value property at Disneyland Paris. So it's the least expensive one. And I can talk a little bit more um, in a few minutes about how we booked it with points. Okay. But basically when we arrived, it was crazy town. There were people everywhere. I didn't even know what was happening. Um, But pretty quickly they checked us in and um, didn't have a room ready for us yet, obviously, but they sent us over to a luggage room. We checked our luggage and then we got right back on the shuttle and headed back over to the parks. Okay. So even though it took two hours and 15 minutes, it was, it was pretty painless, pretty, pretty streamlined. Do you get perks for staying at one of their hotels? Yes. You get early entry. Okay. So, obviously, we didn't utilize the early entry on the first day. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I'll share about the Santa Fe. And maybe if you've stayed at a value resort at Walt Disney World, some of this will jive. Yeah, I was going to ask. Have you stayed at the Disney value resorts? Like Disney World? No. Okay. No, I haven't. Okay. No. Okay. So, okay, the Santa Fe is a Cars-themed hotel. And How they cute. have it kind of designed. Yeah, it's cute. It's so the outside is Southwestern of cacti and different things. Uh And they kind of have it designed like a motel where you would stay on Route 66 or something. That's adorable. Okay. Yeah. So you, but I mean, the doors aren't actually facing the outside of the building like a motel, but they have these long hallways with doors opposing each other, hotel room doors. And so it kind of has this feel of a motel where you would stay and that's okay. how the rooms are, are they're very basic standard rooms and no frills it's yeah a place where you're gonna sleep and you're gaining your early entry is basically what what the situation is there so is that kind of like a value resort I will yeah say yeah they're not super exciting on the inside the theming usually is like really fun at the value resorts Mm-hmm. Which sounds like what you're describing. Like, did you feel like the, like the common grounds were all, like themed really well? Um, no, but I would say that's more of a Disneyland Paris wide. Okay. Um, the the resorts are they don't feel the same to me as they do at Walt Disney World. The scale of everything at Disneyland Paris and at the Disneyland Paris resorts feels smaller. Okay. So I was struck by that. Yeah. It's just different. Okay. That's all. Do you want to talk about cost now or do you want to save that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I booked it the Capital One Travel Portal. Okay. And I was in that portal probably for a month before watching the prices on the resorts and watching them change and they were changing quite a bit and Mm -hmm. so I was waiting and waiting and waiting um and then I ended up booking it for $200 a night which which was a great deal based on what what I had seen the fluctuations do yeah and And you said two nights we said two nights okay 
Mm-hmm. So 400, 400 ish dollars and the $300, it triggered the $300 travel credit. Um, I earned 10 times capital one miles booking. Yep. It triggered the $300 travel credit, but instead of just erasing a hundred dollars to cover the rest of it, I erased the entire charge. If that makes sense. So, so you got the, your annual fee pretty much refunded, right? Yeah. Doing so, that. and then because also it, the travel credit comes off of your statement, but it's not associated with with a charge. It's not like they right reduce your Santa Fe stay by three hundred dollars. You just see a three hundred dollar credit, and then you still have a four hundred dollar charge that you can then erase. So I did. I used. 40,000 miles or whatever and just erased it because we had the miles. How soon after you booked the room did you see the credit? Fast. I can't remember. I can't remember how fast, but I don't remember waiting around like, oh, when is that going to show up? It it showed up in a reasonable amount of definitely not more than a week. I'm still waiting for mine. (laughs) Wait, from your universal trip? Yeah. Well, when Ross used his credit earlier this year, it showed up within two days. And then I booked mine like, I mean, it's probably almost been two months. I'm just about, but I called and they said it could take up to two statement periods. So I guess it's, we haven't reached that point yet. Weird. But I know, isn't that weird? Yeah. I will be making a phone call soon. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I know they always say one or two statement credits for, and yeah. typically it's faster than that. But then if it's not, they can kind of fall back on the fact that they say that. Right, right. You know, well, okay. All right. That's a side note, but carry on. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, so that's the deal with the Santa Fe. And it was about, we could either ride the shuttle or walk back through Disney Village, which is what they call their Disney Springs there. Mm-hmm. to the parks and we usually walked it was beautiful outside just crisp fall weather and um it took about 18 minutes maybe we okay. were usually stopping to eat in disney village anyway we did right. not purchase breakfast that came with the hotel so we would typically go into starbucks get coffee and breakfast okay on our way so um yeah, that first day we were in the parks, like I said, by 11.15, and we knew that the first thing we wanted to do was go see the castle. I've been wanting to see that castle. And so we headed straight into Disneyland Park, and it was breathtaking, beautiful. I mean, if you've watched the Imagineering episode on Disney+, Plus, where they talk about Disneyland Paris and building Disneyland Paris, uh-huh. they talk about how it's... It was meant to be the most beautiful park. And uh-huh. it is. It's lovely. It's And it's very spacious, too. I mean, there were definitely a lot of people there because the lines were long. But it didn't feel crowded. It felt like there was room okay. to walk around. I would say a distinct difference from Disneyland Park. They just built it, I think, with crowds in mind in a way they couldn't have done in the 60s. They couldn't have anticipated maybe. Well, that's how I felt going to Disneyland after being a Disney World person. You felt it was was bigger? I felt No, I felt like it was 
like crammed like things are oh. together yeah i think they are i think that the yeah. scale of the parks got bigger it well this this space right maybe. which is yeah the scale definitely on the disney world castle and other things but mm-hmm. yeah for sure so i noticed that right away the castle is really um interesting too you can go underneath and there's a dragon that's pretty and- cool it was really cool. You can go inside the castle. There's a gift shop or you can go upstairs and walk around and there's stained glass, a lot of storytelling of Sleeping Beauty. You can walk around the back turret and look into Fantasyland. And yeah, it's just really thoughtfully, romantically designed extending into fantasy land i would say the highlights mm-hmm. of the park disneyland park in terms of aesthetic were the are the castle and fantasy land in fantasy land there's a lot of the same rides as there are in the other fantasy lands um dumbo and um casey jr train and teacups and a small world but they have this one attraction that is totally unique that i loved and it's an alice in wonderland hedge maze have you read okay. about that i saw it in your stories yeah it's pretty remarkable so it's totally immersive because they sort of the hedges are taller than any human being and so you you definitely can't see outside of them and okay they're obviously themed Alice in Wonderland and there's a giant Cheshire cat I think out of flowers on the side of the hill that you can see and then the Queen's the Queen of Hearts castle is in the center and it sort of looks like a Toontown castle you can climb up inside it and then there's amazing views back onto Fantasyland down onto the hedge maze of the castle anyway that's so fun yeah and it was just sort, uh, sort of just a cue. You get in the line and slowly the people just walk through the maze. But there's no, um, yeah, it's kind of just an organic type thing. So that was. Can you get lost in it? Is it like that kind of a thing or is it? Kind of, but it's not that hard to get out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was a highlight. Did you eat anything fun? Do they have like a snack that's like. A Disneyland Paris exclusive? Not really. So I looked into it beforehand and most of what I read was negative about the at Disneyland Paris. And so I didn't have my expectations high. Okay. This is really interesting. They do not have the commitment to candy on Main Street like they do in Disneyland in the States. Yeah. I mean – at the end of the night, what I want to do is when I'm walking out of the park, I want to walk up and buy yeah. coffee and I don't know, a sucker and like some a rice crispy treat gummy thing. Yeah. There's, and they just, it's mostly gift shops. Like okay. I could not, I could find a little bit of candy, but maybe it's just a weird American thing where we're sugar obsessed, but I, I, want, I want the main street candy <laughs> shops. I miss those. I that was really different. Okay. If they're there, I couldn't find them. 
So if some, you know, if you're listening and you're like, there is this candy shop, I couldn't find it. I love Oh it. man. But I believe you. Um, so for, as far as meals, one thing I will say is the prices seemed generally lower okay. than they are in the U S parks. Like if I, when I did find a bag of candy, um, it was like four euros, which I feel like usually I would pay at least $6 for something I was, like that. Yeah, I was thinking the same. So everything seemed a little bit like that, like a, a few dollars less. And the euro, I think the euro and the dollar are at parity right now are pretty close. Right. So I've, all the prices we saw, we just, in our minds, converted into dollars. And um. But yeah, but the food was fine, I would say. I mean, we just kind of let my daughter choose. And of course, she wanted pizza. And so we went into kind of this little Italian place. And Mm -hmm. they had a meal that came with pizza and salad and a drink and um, like a Magnum ice cream bar or a Mickey ice cream bar. It was fine. We liked it. Like a family meal or it was like an individual I was into, um, okay, I didn't check out, so I'm not sure, but I think they were individual meals. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, but they were reasonably priced. Again, we were pleasantly surprised by the prices. Okay. All right, what else? Um, okay. There's two parks? Yeah, two. there's two parks. So let's see. That first day, we actually didn't end up hopping. We just stayed in Disneyland. My daughter wanted to head over to Space Mountain. I mean, my kids have been obsessed with Space Mountain for years. It's like their uh-huh. favorite ride at Disneyland, too. So um, we went over and rode Space Mountain, and it's Hyper Space Mountain, so it's Star Wars themed. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh, my kids would die. I think it is at Disneyland now, too, permanently. They okay. used to sort of switch it up at Disneyland, but I believe they committed to hyperspace mountain. So anyway, that's, that's pretty fun, but it's kind of, it's also strange because the theme of the ride, the exterior, the queue, everything is not star Wars. It's, um, I don't even know. It's like Jules Verne or something. It's this, it's like a explorer or a a famous person. I should probably know who it is, but well, like a, I'm not going to know. I don't either. even know if it's a real person or a fictional character, but it did not. The theming was a little bit off, but the ride itself is great because, much like the Hulk at Universal, they kind of catapult you up like that right at the beginning of the ride. Okay. And um, it's a dark ride inside, like Space Mountain is in the States, but it goes upside down. At least oh. once, maybe more inside there. So we all agreed that it was the ride itself is better. Okay. Okay. At Disneyland Paris. So. Um, go ahead. No, you go. I was going to ask, what are ticket prices like compared to in the States? Ticket prices are less. So our tickets were less than five hundred dollars for three people for for two two days days of park hoppers yeah that's definitely less i know okay they also have 
I think it's a 50% military discount. Yes. I've heard um, Katie, Katie's travel trips. Yeah. About that. Yes. So if you are active or retired military, I believe from the States, UK or France, then you can receive a 50% discount on your tickets and you can order them online. They also have a disability discount. Okay. But you can only receive the disability discount at the parks. Okay. So you, I guess you have to show up and purchase your ticket there. I believe it's only 25% off and it's for the person with the disability and one. Not else. your whole party. No. Oh, okay. So one for, other person. Yeah. So okay. for two. So 25% off. So uh, I believe Hong Kong might be the only other park that offers the disability discount. Yeah, so I've that's, never heard that's of that. rare and nice that they do that. And the military discount is more than like Disney World would be, right? Like the, do they, I know they do some kind of discount or maybe it's just for lodging. I forget. Good question. We don't know the answer to that. No. But I do know they have some kind of military discount. I, I can't remember if it's for both tickets and lodging or just lodging. But Yeah. So definitely look into that no matter what park you're going to look into yes. military discount for your tickets. So, um, a few other tidbits from rides at Disneyland Park. So, um, (laughs) Indiana Jones (laughs) was really interesting, and I don't know if you saw my story, but... I did. You said something about it being, like, an outdoor coaster. It's almost like, it's almost like Goofy Sky School. It's a really funny ride. Oh, that's funny. It, it is absolutely nothing like Indiana Jones in the States. The sign is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Peril. So okay. it's not, it's not, not even a movie quite the, the name of the movie. And beyond the sign, there's nothing in the queue or on the ride that actually ties it to the movie. It almost feels Funny. like you're in line at... Um, Maybe Universal or somewhere where they just theme the lines less. Right. It just, it was just kind of less. There was like maybe a statue, maybe bamboo or something. Okay. So Disneyland (laughs) Paris. The word that came to mind a little bit was with like that ride in particular was like budget. It was like, is this like Indiana Jones on a budget? (laughs) Yeah. And so that that was really funny to ride. It's it is like Goofy Sky School. It does have a little loop. I mean, you do go upside down but in a very small way. I don't even know how to describe it, but it was funny. So wait, is so, it like a kids ride? Like it it not if it goes upside of, down. It I mean, yeah, it goes upside down. I I don't know how to describe it to you. Yeah. Goofy Sky School, if you know what that's like. Yep. Well, that's like like a really little kid's ride, though. Kind of, yeah. It's it, it's very similar to that. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, how about a favorite? Something that you is completely different that well, you wouldn't find here? Like in Disneyland Park, or I might have to move on to... Walt Disney Studios because the only other thing I remember about Disneyland Park that I wanted to mention was pirates. So 
obviously the rides are in French. They have a few things that they also say in English and it's very well done the way Mm -hmm. that they go between the languages. Um, But the pirates speaking in French just really, (laughs) I don't know why it's very believable Uh for for French pirates and (laughs) pirates was similar to the States yet not quite. So there were just parts of the ride that we would go by or parts of the queue or something where we just, it just was not as um, detailed or not as much commitment to the theme or yeah, it was just a step down or less. Okay. But, but very, very similar. I mean, some things that was definitely reminiscent of um, pirates in the Did States. you ever feel like you were having a hard time? Like, tra- like you said, things are mostly in French. Did you ever feel like you were confused? <laughs> or do they make sure that the important stuff is also in English? No, I, I do think they, no. They do a really good job, like I said, using both languages, whether it's instructions for keeping your arms and legs inside, or mm-hmm. it's a character who's some sort of dialogue that has to do with the storytelling. No, that part was um, well done, and the park itself was beautiful and spacious and thoughtfully designed, and and we enjoyed it. I mean, there's this big pirate ship sort of outside Pirates that was um, really neat and ornate and... Yeah, so there are, but but it, you know, I don't know. Part of me was trying not to compare because I uh-huh. want to let it be its own thing and it doesn't have to be better or worse, but right. I, it's kind of human. I think we just end up doing that. Yeah. And, um, and then the big disappointment that first day was that Big Thunder Mountain was closed for refurbishment. Oh, but... Did it, it opened though, like you got to go on it, right? It did. Yes. But we didn't know. Okay. So that first day it was closed. And so we were kind of researching it, Googling it. I hadn't seen that beforehand. I was messaging someone on Instagram who had just been there the day before. And she said, oh, it was closed the whole time we were there. And she said that she thought it was going to open on Friday, which was our last day in the parks. But we had heard slash read it was wasn't going to be open till Saturday. So we kind of just crossed our fingers that it would open. Um, mm-hmm. But it wasn't open that first whole day that we were there. And we ended up leaving. We did not shut down the parks that night. They closed at nine. And I think we left before eight. We were so tired. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was cold. It gets really That's, cold. Yeah. When we went to Disneyland, it was after like a five-day conference. Oh, we just tagged gosh. it on the end, and it was also cold and wet. <laughs> and I, don't I remember, remember you sharing that. Yeah, I don't remember loving it. I wanted to love it. Oh, <laughs> there were parts I that I like was like, oh, I love this, but man, we were wiped. So maybe that's our tip of this episode. <laughs> yeah. On an amusement park at the end of a longer vacation. It seems like a good idea when you're planning right? trips. But, and I didn't have 
any wiggle room. I, I have fought this back over so many times because I thought, what could I have done differently on this trip? But because of the way our flights were and pretty much everything, getting between countries, mm-hmm. the, I you just had, had no choice. I had no wiggle room. It was like, did do what Disney, you could. Disneyland Paris these last two days or don't do it. But man, we were tired by the mm-hmm. end. And, um, if you're listening, definitely bring, I would say a down jacket. It's cold in the morning and it's cold in the evening. So anyway, we walked back that night again and they had some pretty fun booths where you can stop and get European pastries and things. They had crepes and waffles and, um, churros and donuts and things on our way out. That was fun. And, um, the next day got up bright and early to, I won't say rope drop because I don't think they actually have ropes there, but we got up for early entry for the Walt Disney studios. And was it crowded? It was. Now people told me that this was not going to be a thing. And so I didn't plan well for this. I, I would have gotten there even earlier than I did, yeah. but it's okay. Um, my daughter was so exhausted that she didn't go with us that morning. Oh my gosh. And so we've left her in the room and my husband and I went and yeah, there was a big crowd and I knew that everyone rushes to Crush's Coaster in Walt Disney okay. Studios. It's probably the most um, popular ride between the two parks. So we went straight there and with everyone else. And sure enough, it broke down. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> right when we got there. So then, of course, we're having to make the decision. Are we going to stay in this line? Are we going to try and peel off and go do another ride? Or, But I think it's good that we stayed in that line because I think we waited 50 minutes, 5-0, and that was by far the shortest time I ever saw. Like for the for rest that, of the day? For, oh, yeah. The rest of the day yeah. was 90 or 120 or, you know, like Rise of the Resistance type okay. wait time. Is that like the newest ride right now? Is that why it's... I don't think... it. No, actually, the Avengers Assemble ride uh-huh. is newer, but Crush's okay. Coaster, and it is really fun. It's a really fun ride. I think it's the same technology as Mission Breakout, as Guardians of the Galaxy at um, Epcot. Okay. I haven't ridden that ride yet, yeah, but I, mean... I believe it's it's the same. You're in okay. this little shell, and they, your your shell can spin around. On the like track. on the track yeah yeah okay. so really really fun dark ride immersive at like you're in Nemo and loved it worth it so we were glad that we rope dropped it and then we went over and rode the Avengers Assemble ride which I also loved which is the same ride as Rock and Roller Coaster okay like, does it, like shoot you off right from the beginning like right? yes okay i would but we decided it's better because it's newer technology and it's smoother okay so it's rock and roller coaster 2.0 okay 
Very cool. But Avengers themed. And Iron Man speaks French and that did not work for us. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. It just didn't. It just didn't work. (laughs) It didn't. But like I said, Pirates of the Caribbean, perfect. Probably should have been in French the whole time. I don't know. It just really worked. Yeah. But um, but I will say the the Avengers campus is gorgeous. Okay. We we thought it was very well done. Loved the aesthetic. There were characters out doing battling or acting out scenes or doing all kinds of stunts and things quite a bit when we were there. So that was entertaining. And then we went over to the Toy Story land mm-hmm. and um, we rode RC Racer. Uh, that looked which, fun. Yeah, it was. It was actually really fun. It's just one of those um, back and forth rides. Like usually it's like a ship where you're swinging oh, okay, back okay. and forth, but it's like a car on a track. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was really fun. And then we went over and rode the cars. I can't remember what it's called. Road trip, I think. Okay. And that was fun too. That's just like you get on a tram, like you're at Disneyland being shuttled to the park and it goes around a loop and there's just a story, a cars, car storytelling in French. It was cute. And so we, and I think we waited a half hour for all those rides for Avengers assemble for RC racers. Um, and this is still, so it wasn't early entry, but it was still within the first couple hours of the park. So I would say the wait, the lines are long. Yeah. The wait times are long. Would you have gotten the, what do they call their like express genie plus thing? Yeah. Premier pass. Yes. How much more would that have cost you? Mm, I don't know. I have to look it up. Okay. That's a good question. Um, Do you think it's like, um, like a reserve your time slot kind of thing, like on the app? No, they have a separate line. It's like a lightning lane. Oh, okay. So that's what I liked about universal. Their express pass is like a whole separate line. Well, it's, I guess it's a separate line for genie plus two, but there was no, planning you just show up and you get right one. right yes yeah i would uh, i would after my experience i would recommend the premier pass although it, there's just so many variables i mean um i think everyone's experience of disneyland paris before covid was that it's a way more low-key park and i think right mm-hmm. now even even our experience in the city of paris even my experience here in barcelona right now there are so many people traveling there yeah, are they're all pent I, up yeah it's just being home post-covid travel is still a thing and it definitely was a reality at disneyland paris when we um a week out from our hyatt paris at 12 regency hyatt paris regency at 12 stay i emailed them i asked for an eiffel tower view and Stacy from Points for Family Travel. She was like, I have always gotten an Eiffel Tower view. Always. Every time I've gone there. And they were booked. So it I it and it's not a stat. We don't she doesn't have status. I don't have status. 
Right. Like, there's just a ton of people out and traveling. So take it for what it's worth. It, um, and I don't even know, sorry for not doing my research on this guys, but <laughs> I, I don't even know if you can, if you have to buy premier pass in advance or if you can buy it in the park, like you can at Disneyland, but please look into it and consider it, especially if you're going for one day, if you are going for one right. day, I would get the premier pass. Um, but maybe even two. And then of course we had other variables we were working with too. For instance, we got to the parks two hours late the first morning. We Big Thunder Mountain wasn't open. Well, I'm, I'm going to get to that part in the story, but it threw a wrench in our plans that it was not open until the very last hours of the last day of our trip. Um, my daughter, like I said, was too tired to come to the parks with us that second day. So then we went back and rested. And then when we went back to Walt Disney Studios, she wanted to rewrite all the rides we had already written. Right. So that, I mean, we, and of course I'm, it was pretty much her trip. So of course we're going to do that. And I'm glad we did that, but it's one of those things you can't anticipate. And so I, I couldn't have planned around that. Right. Yeah. Well, welcome to the life of traveling with children. Yeah. Or just life in general. I don't or know why life. I think I yeah. plan anything, but now one great thing, they do have a lot of single rider lines, mm-hmm. but I felt like sort of like on, um, is it rock and roller coaster whose single rider line is not faster? Yeah. At Hollywood Studios, often I would say the single rider line on Rock and Roller Coaster, it's it's not faster. I don't even know why it exists. Yeah. So that was our experience also with some of the single rider lines at Disney Studios. And so, I don't know. It didn't save us very much time. Except at the end of the night. So that part closes at 7. And right before closing, we went over to Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, and that single rider line was five minutes. So that's awesome. Yeah, that was, I think that was like a those type situation where we got him fast. Um, but so what was really exciting and such a fun way to end our days in the parks was that my husband just happened to keep looking at the map for Disneyland park. And all of a sudden he noticed that big thunder mountain had opened. (gasps) And so we, as soon as Disney studios closed, we ran over and got in line for thunder mountain and Kim. I'm not going to say it's my favorite ride (laughs) of any park, but it blew us away. Really? What makes it so much better? Okay, so picture in Disneyland, Tom Sawyer's Island. Okay. And Big Thunder Mountain at Disneyland Paris is on that island. It's on an island. Okay. uh, But you get on the ride off the island. So the way that they get you onto the island, you get on the train and they shoot you at a high speed through a dark tunnel that goes under the water onto the island. Then once you're on the island, you climb up this steep interior 
hill with stalactites and stalagmites all around you, just like you do in the States, mm-hmm. but higher, but higher. <laughs> so it's way more dramatic. The scale uh-huh. is just, it's just better. It's and higher. <laughs> also, the Europeans know this is coming and they totally hype you up. They're cheering and clapping on the ride. Uh-huh. They're just like getting you pumped up. And so... And it was dark by the time we went on it too. So that added another dimension. But then you come out the top and you just basically, you know, circle around the top of the mountain several times on your way down. It's super fun. The train blows its whistle. The views are amazing because you're on this island. So you just get this 360 view of um, the Mark Twain riverboat and the haunted mansion and all kinds of other attractions. And then when you finish the ride, they have to shoot you back through another tunnel. It <laughs> feels very fast. I don't know how fast it actually is, uh-huh. but back where you came from. And then, I mean, everyone was cheering and clapping at the end of the ride. So, so much fun. We were so hyped that we actually decided to ride it again. We had to choose between ride it one more time or go get a spot for the drone show. And I, we, we decided to forego the drone show, which is this, this big deal. I have no real footage from the castle show or the drone show because I had to ride Big Thunder. We did the same thing the last night in universal because my kids were like, (laughs) I'm not standing here. To wait for some light show that they can't picture in their minds. Until, you what know, is the show they do at Universal? They do like a light show on the cast on like Hogwarts. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. But I missed it. I stood I know. there and waited, held a spot. And then my kids showed up and they were like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> so. I have to admit, I'm actually not sorry. And I never, I never give up park time to go get a good spot yeah we ended up riding the Hagrid's motorbike thing and that's like our absolute favorite ride probably in any park so So fun feels worth it oh that's fun yeah well Well, speaking of universal we're gonna do a trip report oh boy for for your trip so stay tuned for that everyone listening and we're gonna talk about points and miles and all that for universal um but yeah, that as far as our Disneyland Paris trip, that capped it off. Um, Big Thunder Mountain was definitely our favorite ride, and I think I love helped. that you got to end it that way. I do too. It was great. It was a surprise, and then I had multiple people message me and say, "I'm so sad. We were just there, and we didn't get to ride it. It was closed the whole yeah. time." Yeah, it honestly makes me want to cry because I totally felt that way up until the last minute when they opened it. Strangely, opened it. Friday night for the last few hours of the park being open. I was Yeah. Did you use points at all to pay for tickets? Kind of like tickets in the states in the sense that you can either offset the cost of your tickets by um giving yourself a statement credit on a city premier card, for example, where you your point is worth 1 cent. Is right. that how we say it? Yeah, one cent per point. <clears throat> um, or you can purchase on a Capital One card through attractiontickets.com. 
that third party that sells Disneyland Paris mm-hmm. tickets online. I believe it's a UK site. And then they'll code as travel and you can use your miles to erase the charge. Again, one cent. Your mile is worth one cent if you're doing that, which is kind of the baseline. Um, or you can use built rewards, the built MasterCard. Um, if you have built points, which is kind of a card for renters, you can pay your rent on the built card. Mm-hmm. Then your points are worth 1.25 in their portal. So as far as value, built rewards are hands down the best way to buy Disney tickets with points. What did I miss? Um, and I guess you could do some of the things we've talked about in other episodes about buying gift cards. Could You, you could mm-hmm. buy Disney gift cards, right? And get five times points at like an office supply store. Um, mm-hmm. and then use those gift cards to buy your tickets. So really it's not a discount, but you're getting a bunch of points in return for, for buying the gift cards. Right. Mm-hmm. That's how some people do it. Um, yeah. you can also offset the cost or earn the money for the tickets creatively by like we rent out our house on airbnb that's part of how we've earned money for tickets several times Mm -hmm. um and it also gives us then a side income that we can use to open business cards so which is a really important part of a credit card points and miles strategy is being able to open business cards yes and don't you have a post on your blog about buying disney tickets with points yeah i do mm-hmm. so How to maybe we could we have to start linking things in show notes so yeah we do <laughs> we talk about these things so maybe by the we'll time start we on this, this episode we do that. there you go <laughs> all right so you could link to your blog post about that yeah yep but... um well and then there's also the other creative ways that we both do we've swag bucks is one i know mm-hmm. you bought your universal passes with swag bucks money. yep I need to get back into that. Mm-hmm. Need some spending money. Um, bank bonuses. Mm-hmm. It's another way. Oh, you basically open checking or savings accounts with banks and earn bonuses doing that to earn extra travel money. Um, yeah. So we have a whole episode on Disney tickets also that you can listen to. Yes. Well, okay. So one thing I do want to talk about a little bit as we wrap up is our travel out on the last day. Okay. Um, because it, we, it was difficult. (laughs) Yes. Tell me. And we made some mistakes and I want people to be prepared. So as far as travel passes in France, the pass that we ended up getting that covered Metro and bus and, the furnicular at Montmartre is called the Navigo Pass. And we loved it. We bought the pass passes for around 20, 25 euros at um, the Eurostar station. We went up to the window, bought the passes. I believe they were 20 euros plus you paid 5 euros for a case 
to put the card in and then you can use that case when you go back to France again. So um, we bought these passes with the understanding that they would not only get us from the Eurostar train to our hotel all around the city, at the funicular, on the buses, to Disneyland Paris, and then back to Charles de Gaulle. Well, these passes did all those things except the morning <laughs> the morning that we were trying to go to Charles de Gaulle to fly out. We got to the metro station and we went to get on the train and the gentleman there said, those cards don't work on this train. Oh, no. And so... My husband then immediately gets on his phone and starts researching, what did I miss? How did I miss this? And we hadn't given ourselves enough time for any kind of error like that. So we were immediately, the stress level starts going up because there's flights on the line. Oh my gosh. So we were researching, walking around, trying to see if there was a bus, um, and what we realized is there's three ways to get to Charles, Charles de Gaulle from Disneyland Paris. You can either purchase a ticket there for a high-speed train that takes, I think, 10 minutes to get there, and it's 20 euros a person. You can take a taxi, which is about 80 euros, which I know because we that's what we ended up doing. Uh-huh. Or... You can use your Navigo pass and you can take the Metro back into Paris and then connect and go over to Charles de Gaulle, but it takes no time for that over an hour to do that. Those are the three things you can do. Okay. So once we figured that out, we walked over to a kiosk and we purchased three tickets for the high speed 10 minute train, 20 euros each right after we purchased those tickets they delayed all the trains for an hour oh my gosh. due to construction or something. So we'll definitely be disputing that on our Venture X. <laughs> Wait, did you not even get to use those then? No. And we couldn't oh get gosh. our money back. Oh my gosh. So we went into the, the information and um, it was, I would say it was a typical experience dealing with someone in France and trying to get, someone to care that you can't you're you're an American and you're not going to make your flight um so that was discouraging and so everyone else was also displaced off of these trains and taking all the taxis but in the end we ended up outside and I I hailed the last taxi and it all worked out and we got to the airport and we made what our flight. What does flights. that mean? Why was it the last taxi? I don't know. It just, be, I, because they all got taken by people who were also displaced just like us who had to get to the airport. So. Wow. There's always a last taxi, Kim. There's always the last one and you got it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happened. Wow. Um, but yeah, Transportation. I mean, that's often one of the stickiest points, right, for travel, especially in a foreign country. How am I going to get from here to there? Should I buy a pass? If so, which one should I buy? Those kind of questions. So now you need to write a post just about that. I know. I have a lot of blog posts to write. I will. Stay tuned. I'll, I'll write something about that. Okay. 
Well, what did we miss, Sam? I'm trying to think. I think that's it for, for Disneyland Paris. Um, it's in the books. <laughs> I know. I can't believe it. And now you just need to get home without any of those problems. Because you aren't home yet. And can I just say I'm so glad that Big Thunder Mountain opened because <laughs> I have no plans to go back to Disneyland Paris. I don't know when I'll be in Europe again or Paris. Right? That's what I was going to say. We here a lot. So I just, yeah, it was lovely, but I'm on, I'm on to the next park. I'm now trying to figure out how to get to Tokyo Disneyland. So stay tuned for that. That'll be next. What about you? What's your, do you have, did you plan your next Disneyland trip yet? I know you just got done with Universal. No, we didn't. I keep looking. There's like a couple spots where we could use our Marriott points and we have enough to stay Mm -hmm. five nights and I, yeah, I don't know. I can't commit. There's just so many things we want to do. We want to go to Europe. So I'm like, maybe we should just save our points and our extra yeah. spent money and yeah. maybe do like what you just did. Yeah. And try to do a, a different park. But it's so hard when there's so many places to visit, Sam. I know. It's a horrible well, problem to have. It is. <laughs> well, here's another question for you. Mm-hmm. What what credit card are you either working on right now or have your eye on to open next? Oh, yeah. We are currently working on the Hyatt business card okay. because we're trying to secure our globalist status for next year. Mm-hmm. And that card, well, the promo is expired now, but there was a promo where if you applied for the card, you would get double nights. Your nights would count no. double from like... September through the end of the year. So, so yeah. if you got the card and then booked nights on the card, or just just getting the card, just having that- the card okay. and staying, you don't even have to pay for it with that. I mean, we're using points to stay at our, the rest of our Hyatt stays for the rest of the year, so we're not even paying for those. But just for having that card, the nights will count double. Wow. Okay, and yeah. they they've run that promo before, right? Um. Not or they're always, they do double night promos, but mm-hmm. I don't remember them doing that, especially not on the business card, like a double night thing. So we jumped on that. Thankfully, we didn't have it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, my husband got that. So once we finish that one, I don't know what we're going to do next. We might do an, probably another ink card. It's just an, it's just such an easy way to get 75,000 points. So yeah. 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 That's probably a plan. How about you? I have a City Advantage business card sitting on my desk at home. Okay. And that you haven't finished yet? Well, it arrived while we were oh, in Europe. nice. Okay. <laughs> so when I get home, I'm going to open it and I'm going to buy Disney World tickets. And you are? Universal tickets. Yeah. What? Yeah. For what? For November on the card as part of the minimum spend. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Wait, you're going to Florida? Yeah. Didn't I? I thought I told you. I don't think so. Yeah. November. Oh my goodness. We're like, you're doing both parks? Yeah. Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh. Well, how did I? We're just like squeezing trips in because um, my son's going to graduate. And so it's like YOLO. We have to do all the things. Right. So. 
and spend I'm, all the points. Spend all I the money. I don't have enough points for all these trips, so I'm also just like opening bank bonuses and things left and right to yeah. fund these trips because I don't have enough points. I'm I'm taking trips too fast for all, for the points and miles that I have. Right. Yeah. Well, at least it's an option. I mean, there's other options. So. Yeah, and this you're making was, it happen. I know, and this ticket. This card is great because it's going to, um, I think it's going to help us with our Tokyo airfare. I think it'll pay for two. Wait, when is that happening? Well, I don't know, but sometime in 2023. I'll let you know. Okay. Yeah, so I'm kind of earning the last of our miles for that trip with this card. And then probably like you, going to try to open up an ink on my husband after okay. that. So that would be his first business card ever. Okay. And it would I would be following Heather's advice from our unlimited chase points episode where she told us that she basically said I could open a business card under my husband's name but with my business income. Right, because he helps you with the business. Right, because I mean essentially we're yeah. So stay tuned, but that's the plan. So it sounds like we're both heading into ink territory. That's right. All right. All right. Well, until next time, it's the Disney points podcast. See you soon. Kim and I love bringing you Disney content every week. Thanks for showing your support by using the credit card affiliate links in the show notes. It costs you nothing and means everything to us. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode of the Disney Points Podcast, where we'll unpack another way to save on your next Disney vacation. See you real soon.